The original kings of podcasting starring Mark Chambers and Todd Perry. Season 2, Episode 9, The Goat. A slurp of coffee, a low-frequency hum, a casually racist remark. Man has always been acutely aware of the small imperfections that haunt the average podcast. In spite of these flaws, many of these podcasts have stellar reputations, their listeners declaring them, quote, great. But what makes them great? Having original content? teaching the audience new things, huge bookings, all of those things, none of them? Some claim deeper, more spiritual reasons, connections to the occult, the summoning of ancient forces and old gods. Whatever the case, we'll attempt to get to the bottom of it as we go in search of the greatest podcast of all time. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanations, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine. Welcome to the program. My name is Dr. Larry Heller. When litigating a mystery, you must start with expert opinions and advice. Our expert is Dr. Isaac Fortuna. Resident at the California Institute of Podmology. We use many devices to measure the uh, podcasts. Uh, this uh, is a potentiometer. Uh, it listens to podcasts and detects all sorts of stuff. Uh, self-aggrandizing, obscure book titles, uh, names of playwrights, uses of the word journey. Uh, it figures out uh, how pretentious a show is. It computes that and uh, stores it. Uh, and then uh, we pass it into the metarositor, which uh, can actually unfold the audio of a podcast and track all the times it references itself. Uh, we run the audio through all of these devices, and uh, they take readings and the computer crunches that data to determine how great the show is. Uh, then uh, it goes through this device as a brosciloscope. Uh, measures the frequency and the intensity of jokes that are uh, sexist or only appeal to men. Uh, it's currently processing over 1,000 hours of uh, show. It, it's peak, as you can see, uh, it peaks at over 147 kilobros. The work of scientists like Dr. Fortuna led to the discovery of a theoretical concept that casts a long shadow over all podcasts. The Golden Episode. Theoretical podcast physicists claim that the Golden Episode is a mathematically perfect piece of content, a piece of audio so powerful it could easily supplant the entire existing catalog of podcasts, obsoleting an entire generation of both podcasts and their hosts. A study published by the Glasgow Institute for Podcast Research posits that a single listen to the golden episode 
will satiate the desires of even the heaviest podcast listener, who would typically require 30 to 40 fresh episodes every week. Others, like Dr. Fortuna, foresee a much more grim reality should the golden episode be discovered. And the golden episode would be such a satisfying listen, so free of misogyny and racism, so perfectly balanced between entertainment, information, and insight. The widespread listening may actually bring about a feeling that society had accomplished all that it could. People may simply uh, lay down and never wake up. In spite of this potentially disastrous outcome, Dr. Fortuna isn't worried. The creation of this audio is impossible as most podcasters are far too biased and grumpy to achieve such a feat. And uh, even if they did, the average podcaster is a white capitalist male, uh, not exactly the giving tree. Uh, there is little chance they would share it with the world, choosing instead to consume it until it destroyed them as if it were a drug. Research into the Golden Episode showed a long, vague history of those who had attempted to seek it, but nothing conclusive. No evidence that anyone had ever come close to discovering its secret. To learn more, we must now leave the warmth of science and search the shadows of the dark web. We are Podden on a mess. You seek the Golden Episode. They will tell you it is impossible. It isn't. We can give you two names, Chambers and Perry. Do not stop searching. The tip referred to Mark Chambers and Todd Perry, who had proclaimed themselves the original kings of podcasting shortly before their disappearance in September 2015. No one is sure what drove them to search for the golden episode. Internet speculation claims the pair came into possession of a letter purportedly written by former Tonight Show host Jack Parr that described the autorial recipe for creating the content. Rumors persist they set out attempting to follow the letter's guidance in a series of increasingly bizarre and dangerous podcast experiments. Perry references the letter in a clip of his last known public appearance, a lecture given to students at the University of Alabama. Uh, thank you, class. Uh, before we get into discussing Michelson chapters four and five, uh, uh, some of you guys had some questions last week. Uh, I taught a lecture on doing list shows and how it was easy just to grab a list online, you know, for, for topics. Um, some people weren't sure where to get lists from, and I can tell you that. Uh, they also wanted to know uh, ways to chop down lists and to edit them so that they're not so long. So if anybody has more questions about that, uh, please feel free to ask before we get into the lecture. Yes, Lydia. I heard something about you this week. Something about a quest you and the partner took once that you tried to create the greatest podcast of all time. Where did you hear about this? I don't know. Some man walking around campus with a recorder. I think he was a reporter or something. He asked if you taught about it in this podcasting class. Look, no one knows about those studies. No one knows what happened in those studies. Did he ask about the letter? The Jack Parr letter? Tell him we never figured it out. No one would ever figure it out. It's a bunch of stuff just about showmanship and dragons. Yeah, dragons. Jack Parr, he must have been off his fucking rocker. So yeah, there you go, there's a secret. Put, put it in your term paper. 
The reporter turned out to be grad student Eugene Carter, a journalism major who had been conducting research into the subject of the golden episode. Mr. Carter had collected a vast archive of clips, recordings, discarded studio material, and hearsay, documenting the attempts by Chambers and Perry to discover and unlock the secrets of the golden episode. As I worked my way through, it became all the more clear that I was listening to a terrifying descent, a fall from an average, suburban, middle-class lifestyle into the depths of hell and dementia. In search of answers to a question few dared to ask, in search of a formula academia would deem impossible, and the religious would deem blasphemous. As we listen to this hobbled together collection of failed experimentation, please be warned, what you will hear is disturbing. of fire goes by many names Shaitan Lucifer Ariman Ahiru Mazda Dick Cheney we ask that you and in, in all of your incarnations be present as we exalt your name well friends today we're going to discuss the sacred serpent and how he can lead us down the path to true darkness later we're going to talk about the way you can build the perfect altar to Satan in your own home and finally, show contributor Blackheart Munificence is going to call in and give us his recap of this week's episode of The Bachelor. Well, I see that the lines are just blowing up. Uh, we've got a caller here, so uh, welcome to the Devil's Dominion with Lou Cipher. Who's calling? Hello there, this is Reed from Huntsville, Alabama. Since you're talking about altars this week, I'm wondering when I make my candles out of pig fat to worship the Prince of Darkness, what sort of wick should I use? You know, I'd recommend a zinc quart wick. Uh, they're the type you'd commonly find in a, a votive or a pillar candle. Uh, you can get some at your local Michael's or maybe your Joann's fabric store. You know, the great thing is they give off a very nice scent. They also last long, so if you're doing a really long worship service, it's going to stay lit for you, okay? Thanks. 
All hail the Prince of Darkness, and may he enact bloody vengeance on tongues that refuse to say his eternal name. Okay, looks like we have another call here on line six. Hi, Lou. I broke my Ouija board. What's going on for Asia? It's so dark in here. I feel like we're looking for something, but I thought the whole point was that we were going to be back before the sun went down. We, we, we can't leave until we find it. Do you even know which direction the truck is in from here? Oh. I'm so scared right now. What was that? What was that? It was the wolf owl. I don't even know what wolf owls are. Just like an adorable wolf. It's really smart. It's the smartest wolf. We've got to get what we came here for. Get the hell out of here. I think we turned left here. It's getting closer. Keep looking. We find it. We can leave. Wait, it's under. I think it's under these leaves. It's at the base of this tree. Got it. I'll, I'll watch your back. Wait, 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 I found it, I found it. What is it? I think, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a Dukes of Hazard lunchbox. Open it, open it. Oh, it's, it's got some G.I. Joes in it. Ooh, oh, there's, there's, it's there's, got Zartan. Oh, there's a little diary where everyone signed their name. Hey, so, um, we haven't stood here in line since uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. I mean, why, why didn't we line up for Revenge of the Sith? Why didn't that happen? So I haven't seen... I saw... It was what, man Chinese here. I, I saw you for Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Attack of the Clones. Yeah. But I did not see you here for uh, Revenge of the Sith. Where were you? I was out here. It was... Uh, I mean, it was May, but it was a little cold, and I had my... My tent, my Coleman tent here set up, and you weren't around. What was happening? Well, I took a st- I took a stand against that one. I stood uh, I stood elsewhere uh, a- a- as a stand against them making any more Star Wars movies. I was uh, I was going to stand and say I stand here away from the theater to protest the fact that there is a Star Wars movie in that theater in the first place. Well, I stood here for completion. Hmm. You couldn't just not make three, because then you'd go one, two, nothing, four, unless they retitled three, four. But then you get you have this big like a like you have a, a mouth with a missing tooth. You have a missing part of the story, which how Anakin Skywalker came Darth Vader. So I stood here for the trilogy and for the ideas of uh, George Lucas. Yeah, well, so I stood, I stood elsewhere outside the Lucasfilm building against the fact that they had made one and two in the first place and I said they should unrelease them to avoid the whole problem you're talking about and just go back to four, five, and six. So that's what I stood for. But that's, you know, like not everyone's as true a fan as I am and I realize I take it too far. And so more the, the casual fans, they wanted all three of the prequels. Have you ever unrung a bell? Not not lately, but once, yes. How did you do that? Did you spin the bell backwards? I think what you do is you just stand for the fact that the bell should not have been rung in the first place. 
But the bell still rang. I think that ultimately, episode three had to happen. So I think the whole point is mute. So what you're telling me you stand for is something that you are only standing for physically, but you are not standing for actually a point. I stand here not to see Star Wars 7. I stand here for all the people that could not stand here because they stood against episode 3 and now they fear reprisal by standing up for 7. I stand here to stand for the Republic. It's so interesting when people are forced to discover that they are not completely as unusual as they appeared to be because someone forcibly removed a vital organ from their locker but however it wasn't tennis or balls My podcast has not had a regular release schedule. I am beginning to be nervous that it will die. Good. Have you heard the story of Darth Potus the Wise? Well, you know, he might have found the way to stop podcast from dying. This is not a power that I have ever been told about by the Pod Council. You would have never heard of it. The Pod Council has no interest in raising the dead. Cement isn't readily marketable to most orangutans because it isn't as malleable as they think it is. Well, I mean, that just worked. Do you see me? I've been planted next to you for one season. I am orange. I am rigid. I am carrot. I am green and stringy. I am born and soaked in water. I lie here waiting. I am curved. You are celery. Do you fear the rabbit as I do? I am celery. You are carrot. Why are we together? This should not be. 
our fate is the same. We will wind up drowning in ranch dressing. We fear the ranch. Control panels sometimes electrocute thoughtful members of a specific type of human and therefore they shouldn't keep allowing speech patterns that intimidate women Will mankind ever discover the golden episode? Or will podcast listeners be forever doomed to hear about Mark Marin's day, grasping at their iPods, wondering if there is, in fact, more? And will you, intrepid podcast host, take it upon yourself to seek the golden episode? Will you, in fact, go in search of the greatest podcast of all time? Broadcasting to you now from an undisclosed location, I'm Dr. Larry Heller. Thank you, and good night. (laughs) 